Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Feels good, baby. I will be back here. I will be back here. I will be back with vengeance. You will not get the best of me in this Edge lap, cuts back inside. Welcome to Fourth and Go Podcast. We are back. We have drank our sorrows away. Now we're watching the world burn as the election goes on. And the Packers are on the way to San Francisco or Santa Clara right now. Uh, hopefully they pack their rush defense. I doubt it. Uh, Matt, what's going on, buddy? There's, there's a lot to unpack. We have a we have a big episode coming because we've had some trades happen. We've had uh, uh, someone came down with the Rona, the sickness. Um, we, we've got some some injury news. Of course, we have injury news. And then, you know, we also have to preview a Thursday night football game that is, as of right now, still going to happen. So to help us do that, we always bring in someone from the other team. And I asked our guest how he wanted to be introduced, and he gave me like 15 things. So uh, he hosts PackCast. He's on YouTube, and he's some random guy. It's our guy, Tom Tom, how are you doing? I'm so well, and an excellent job at your introduction. That's exactly what I want when I win my first Emmy. So I'll be giving you a call. (laughs) Oh man, Tom, I was on your show a little bit earlier today and uh, we talked. We talked. <laughs> <laughs> and that's let's, it. Let's, that, that's it. We talked. We talked. All right, well, that was a great talk, guys. Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, we, we did. Words were exchanged. You know, 49ers fans are holding on to last year's results um, with the Packers. I kind of am too. It, it's more of like a bragging rights thing. Mm. What was the vibe after that NFC Championship game in Packerland? Well, I want to just make a claim as well. The Packers fans still hold on to that as well. Like it's a dark okay. spot on their liver um, that they, they are still carrying <laughs> that with them um, pretty, pretty frequently and into these uh, into today. What was the reaction? Here's what I'm going to say. And Javier, we talked about this. I had you on the show right before the NFC Championship game. We talked mm-hmm. about how it was going to be a competitive game. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, and then it wasn't. <laughs> I... I I had little expectations for that game because the 49ers were just a better team last year than the Green Bay Packers. The Packers like etched out a, like, you know, just sketched out a little bit, um, got, got lucky a few times, just squeaked out some wins. 
And heading into uh, San Francisco, I was like, this this has potential to not go well. And I think the thing that just kind of made Packers fans upset was just the simplicity of the game plan to just give the ball to Raheem Mostert. And then the Green Bay Packers were just like, oh, cool. And then just like, we'll just let that fly for four straight quarters. Uh, That was more infuriating than anything. But thankfully, you know, in the first round of the draft, we went out and got a big defensive tackle. Uh, We really spruced up that run defense in the draft. Um, And uh, I I feel real confident coming into this one because our run defense, as is demonstrated this past Sunday, is a completely different beast. And it's totally not the same Packers defense you saw last year. (laughs) Yeah, um, for those of you not tracking with Tom sarcasm here, uh, the Minnesota Vikings absolutely gashed the Packers. Dalvin Cook single-handedly won plenty of fantasy games last week for for their owners. And so you, you said it, it's same old defense, same old defense, but it's not the same old 49ers. They're obviously coming in way more banged up. They're they're on their backup, you know, backup quarterback. They're on their backup. They're on their backup everything. Backup center. Um, I think I saw something. Somebody sent it to me today. There's only three starters. Three starters from the NFC Championship game on offense for the 49ers as Kyle Juszczyk, Lakin Tomlinson, and Mike McGlinchey. Everyone else out there from that NFC Championship game is different. It's it's Feels completely great, baby. different. This is a different roster. How do you think this defense is going to stack up going against basically a different team? Not even the same team anymore. Well, I think um, you may have seen this uh, a few years ago when the double doink happened. I try to bring this up every chance that I can. But when the double doink happened for the Chicago Bears uh, in Chicago, they held tryouts for like everyday regular fans to come and try to like hit that field goal. Right. And they're all like falling on their ass and what have you. I think if the San Francisco 49ers held tryouts for running backs right now, they would put up at least 150 yards against this running defense. Like that's where I'm at right now. Um, That's kind of my confidence level in the run defense. And at the same time, we also have no running backs either. You know, we have A.J. Dillon, who has COVID, so that's a problem. Jamal Williams is a close contact, so he's gone as well. And on top of that, Aaron Jones is still not healed up. So we're going to be rolling with the dynamic duo of Tyler Irvin, who I love, uh, and Dexter Williams, who's getting called up from the practice squad and has, I think, has maybe 10 snaps. Not not a whole lot uh, during the regular season. So I think, you know, talking about depleted, David Bakhtiari, our left tackle, not sure if he's going to be back. Kevin King, our corner, not sure if he's going to be back. You know, this is a banged up football team right now. I have a lot of faith in our offense and our ability to score points. And so I'm not going to you know, kind of shy away from that. And I think that considering, you know, you're going against Nick Mullins, you're not, you're going against kind of uh, a, a broken 49ers team. I like our chances on offense. That being said, you know, I, I'm just praying that we can actually stop the run for one or two drives. So maybe we can win. <laughs> uh, so as of an hour ago, uh, Packers injury report, Dave Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Rick Wagner, Raven Green, all questionable out. Kevin King, Will Redmond, and Vernon Scott. Um, so maybe they get Aaron Jones and are back this week. Um, maybe I hope they don't, just for my sake. <laughs> the Niners need need a little need as many advantages as possible. Um, Tommy, this Niners team is banged up on both sides of the ball. 
where do you think this Packers offense can attack this 49ers defense? The 49ers defense has held its own um, for the most part this season, but they can only go, they can only do so much, you know, when the quarterback is playing poorly, Jimmy Garoppolo primarily. And then of course, Nick Mullins throws the game away against the Eagles. Where do you think the Packers have an advantage versus 49ers defense? I think right now, you know, you look at a guy like Devonte Adams, who was not only double teamed, but at times triple teamed uh, with the Minnesota Vikings and was still able to put up three touchdowns. You know, Devonte Adams is on a completely another level. Now, that being said, I'm assuming he's going to get a lot of attention uh, from the San Francisco 49ers secondary, just a smidge. There there might be some coverage on there. And I think it's going to be up to guys like Jay Sternberger, Big Bob Tunyon, uh, our tight ends to kind of really open up the passing game because as of right now, you know, we're not going to have Alan Lazard back. We're missing him greatly. And on top of that, um, you know, our big Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, if they are not there, you know, those are big uh, threats in the passing game as well. So like I've said this for like three years now, man, can't wait for MVS to have a good game. So I'm hoping that maybe this is the game that he decides (laughs) to, uh, to do something that would be beneficial. And, but I think it's the ability of the Packers to score points. Obviously, not having our run game is going to be a problem. But, um, you know, I love Tyler Irvin. I think he's so elusive in the backfield. And this is going to kind of be like his time to shine. I don't know if the Packers are going to run it more than 10 times because they're just going to be like, well, we, don't, we don't really have anybody to run it with. Um, so I think it's going to kind of like come down to Aaron Rodgers just fl- like slinging that ball around. So I would not be surprised if he's throwing it 35, 40 times. So Aaron Rodgers, let's, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers for a minute, because Aaron Rodgers, future 49er, future 49er, most likely Aaron Rodgers has, has, <laughs> Tom's gone. It was Tom's gone. <laughs> it was fun to have Tom on. Uh, no, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, last year he had a pretty good year, but he had to, he had some lackluster games. You've seen a little bit of lackluster games this year too, but he came firing out to start the season. Like he's trying to prove something and maybe he's trying to prove to the Green Bay front office that they kind of messed up by taking Jordan Love in the first round instead of getting him a stout defensive tackle to shore up the the defense, get him another wide receiver other than Devontae Adams to maybe catch the ball once. Um, Aaron Rodgers, where is he in his relationship with Green Bay and how do you see this playing out? How do you see it like not just this year, but how do you see this whole situation playing out moving forward for yeah, I, it, you know, I, what I love is before even Jordan Love got drafted, the question got posed to Rodgers about bringing in a quarterback. And he flat out said, I don't care who they bring in because I'm going to beat them out in camp. And I'm like, yes. Now, that being said, fast forward, you know, they get Jordan Love, they get A.J. Dillon, they get DeGuerra with a third pick who's out for the rest of the season. And... I I don't disagree with you of like, this is like kind of like, hey, this is something to prove. I think at the same time, this is the second year under Matt LaFleur. Um, Rodgers has come out and said that, you know, he struggled in learning all the new language and the new lingo because he essentially grew up literally under like Mike McCarthy. And, you know, that scheme, he had a lot of freedom in that uh, that offense. And now it's completely and totally different. So I think, you know, what you saw was a result of, you know, maybe a little bit of chemistry with the wide receivers, but I think it's just more, he's becoming more comfortable within that offense. Now, that being said, you know, you kind of look at head because as, as he has said as well, there's going to be like a breaking point, right? Jordan Love, you know, he's going to be on the roster for what I would assume five years because, you know, even though they're not going to see him play, they're going to pick up his fifth year extension, at least I would hope. So, you know, 
arguably, I think you have two more years of Aaron Rodgers and you kind of then evaluate from there. After the two years, you theoretically could trade him away, you know, and still get a lot of value for him. And on top of that, um, you know, you'll save a whole bunch of money on the cap. And I think at that point, you know, that's when you put Jordan Love in. My concern is if you are saying, okay, Aaron Rodgers has two more years left on the Green Bay Packers, where does Jordan Love fit into that? I'm wondering if they are literally just going to kind of throw him out there year three and just go, okay, like, let's see what you got. And like, we'll see if we're going to extend you based on that one season alone. I think that that's super ballsy. I know a lot of people are speculating that, you know, coming into this draft, are they going to be drafting for Aaron Rodgers or are they going to be drafting weapons for Jordan Love? Because you look at coming into next year, so after this season, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King, they're all free agents. And I don't see a scenario where, you know, we're keeping a vast majority of those people, whether it's because of the COVID restrictions for next year or just because they're going to cost a crap ton of money. I mean, David Bakhtiari wants to be the highest paid left tackle in football at $22 million. He, he wants to be that. And Jones has proven that, like, he is a really damn good running back. So I think, you know, it's going to come to a point where financially they're not going to be able to afford them. And I feel like you're going to see some rebuild years coming for the Green Bay Packers. And that's going to be a very, very different Packers squad. Um, But I think, you know, that that turning point is still a couple of years away. But it also depends. I mean, if Jordan Love just like sucks ass and he's terrible within like everything that he does, (laughs) then they're going to hold on to Aaron Rodgers. So it's technically like. You know, a lot of Packers fans are looking at this and like very pessimistic and is like, you know, this is our the fight, the last dance, essentially. But at the end of the day, like if Jordan Love sucks, yeah, it's going to be look really, really bad on our GM for drafting him. But we still have Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, it's not the worst scenario to be in. Yeah, a few people I spoke, I spoke to that said Jordan Love didn't look good in camp, so I'm like, oh, that sucks. Uh, that that could have been that could be a miss. And I'm like, it's just camp, it's, and it's a short I mean, preseason. So I'm like, I'm like, no, because I mean, I liked his tape in college. I thought I thought he was fine. What I didn't like the Packers did was take a running back. Like, if you win, you need to get Aaron Rodgers another weapon on the outside. MVS hasn't done it. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown hasn't done it. Alan Lazard doesn't scare me, but Devonte Adams is, you know, we got it top two, top three wide receiver in, in the football. Um, but, you know, with, with this game, I just, I would work would, would I think the Niners can, there's a, there's a part of me that thinks the Niners can win this game because we, we talk about this, this defense and it's not just in the run game. It's in the pass game too. They, they tackle poorly. What is the issue in green Bay with their tackling? This is this is getting out of hand at this point. Ever since I want to say ever since that Washington football team game last year, I started noticing they had tackling problems. I'm like, what what is going on here? Oh, buddy, you haven't watched a lot of Packers football then. Yeah, no, that's the- <laughs> well, since last year. I mean, I yeah. watched that one and then I kept watching it. And then, yes, yeah. that's why I was so confident in the NFC title game. Yeah, I think, you know, it was funny. I was talking about this on another podcast um, a couple of days ago. You know, when it comes to the Packers defense, you know, ever since we've had Aaron Rodgers, if you look from 2010 when we won the Super Bowl up until last year, I would argue maybe there's three good defenses in there. There's 2010, which caused a ton of turnovers, right? But they were definitely a bend, don't break defense. There's 2014 when we go to the NFC Championship game against Seattle. Uh, They were a pretty good defense. And then there was last year, which obviously there were still flaws 
obviously, but they were, they were getting a lot of pressures, turnovers, sacks, you know, the Smith brothers were really, really adding to that, what have you. And the question becomes, okay, why in 10 years have we only had three middle of the road, solid defenses? And you look at the draft and we have spent first round picks on defensive players, the vast majority of those 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes going back to back in de- and with defensive picks. And a good amount of them have not panned out, right? You look at HaHa Clinton Dix, you look at Quentin Rollins, um, you, you, you look at a, a number of guys in which it just, it, it just fell apart. Um, and you look at what we've gotten, we've gotten like Kenny Clark, we've gotten Jair Alexander, and you look at it, is it okay, is it just bad scouting on defense? Or is it our defensive coordinators? Is it the coaching? Because you had Dom Capers, who overstayed his welcome in Green Bay. You bring in Mike Pettin. Well, McCarthy does, to be clear. Brings in Mike Pettin. And we're still talking about the same stuff that has plagued the Green Bay Packers defense for a decade. And that, like, we are not really great at tackling. I would argue 2010, you know, when you had, like, Nick Collins, Charles Woodson, that was an aggressive defense that got in your face, Mm -hmm. that caused those turnovers, wasn't afraid to make contact. And we kind of just haven't had that since, you know, we bring in guys like Julius Peppers and that helps a little bit, but we've never had like a dominant defense in the past 10 years. And I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers has kind of allowed that to been like underplayed because the offense was so good for so long and it has been so good for so long. So, I I mean, the the short answer is I don't have an answer for you of what the hell the problem is. I think Mike Pettin is an issue. I think, you know, Mike Pettin is not the guy. I would not be surprised if he's gone at the end of the year because he's not LaFleur's guy. You know, LaFleur might just say, like, listen, like, let me let me pick who I want to pick and put back there. And LaFleur has come out and said, like, you know, he's going to be keeping like an extra close eye on that defense and what have you. But like you see performances like you did on Sunday and like it's going to come to a point where it's just not acceptable. You have defensive guys like the Smith brothers. They're not stepping up this year. We talked about Kenny Clark, who's coming off an injury. He's been struggling a bit. Darnell Savage has not been playing up to his potential. The one guy who's been like the bright spot, you know, is Jair Alexander. And he's been an all pro corner this year. Like he has been phenomenal. You have guys like Kamal Martin who just, you know, got back from injury. They've only been playing for a couple weeks. We have Chris Barnes, who's an undrafted free agent at linebacker who has looked like our best linebacker. And I, I think it's just, a, it's a mix of not drafting. Well, it's a mix of bad coaching and potentially personnel um, who are not kind of being put in the greatest positions. So all of that to answer your question. You know, I don't care what Packers fans say. I love Mike Pettin. I'm a big fan of his as long as he is coaching the defensive opposing team. I'm a big fan of Mike Pettin. So I don't care what Packers fans have to say. Um, I love the Pettin and Shanahan rivalry that goes all the way back to that video that that uh, Adam Lefko loves to share where it's just, you know, I'm talking about where Pettin was the coach of the Browns. He tells him to run it and Shanahan just stares at him and then he throws it for a touchdown. Um but let's talk about the, the the brother Smith, the Smith brothers, whatever you want to call them. Um, when Javi and I first started this podcast, I think one of the first episodes, if not the first episode we did, was what the 49ers should do in free agency. Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith both came up on our radars when we talked about both of them and how the 49ers should pursue those guys. I was dying to get Preston Smith living in the D.C. area. Yeah. I watched him play for the Washington football team. I know how good he can be. And he was just one of those guys stuck on a bad team and just needed to kind of a way to break out. He gets to the Packers last year. Both Zadarius and Preston have very impressive years. What happened? Why aren't they the same players this year as they were last year? 
I think it's it's twofold. One, a, a, a picture was circulating around uh, from Sunday's game where they had Preston Smith lined up as a corner uh, to, 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 to cover. Uh, it was either a receiver or a tight end. And a lot of people were like, <laughs> well, what's uh, what's 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 going on here? So I think, you again, you get to potentially looking at maybe they're just not being utilized well. But I think a big part of it, honestly, oh is God, I just found it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's <laughs> glorious. It's, it's something. Like You're a genius. It's 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 definitely something. And you know, I I think what we've seen a lot of this year is you know this has been like lambasted on Packers Twitter of like a lot of three man rushes. You know, you, Rashawn Gary has not really developed as fast as we wanted to because he was going to be like the the reliever, right? And that we spent him. He's a number 12 pick overall. He's going to be the reliever for the Smith brothers to make them even more effective. I think what it comes down to as well, and a big component of it is the Smith brothers destroyed the league last year. They were the most effective pass rushing duo when it came to pressures last year. And offenses just started game planning for them. And I think that is a problem in and of itself because really, really good football players and good defensive coordinators will be like, okay, they know, you know, who's what's coming at them. Now we need to adjust. And I think if there's anything about Mike Pettin that you can look at, it's the failure to adjust. It's the NFC championship game. You didn't adjust to Mostert. It's this Sunday's game. You didn't adjust to Dalvin cook. And I think like, that's where you start looking at, okay, that might be a big problem. So I think it's, it's, a matter of both of them are not playing well, you know, maybe just like personally, the energy, whatever, it's just not there. They're being planned for better and they're potentially not being utilized well. Yeah, I'm just seeing this picture. Yeah, just, I'm just seeing this picture too. I pulled it up while you were while you were talking, Tom. And, and for those of you that haven't seen this, this isn't like he's lined up on the outside and he's just kind of in the slot covering a tight end. No, he's all the way on the outside and he's eight yards off the ball. Like this is not covering BB. That's crazy. Is that BB or is that Kyle Rudolph? That's BB. I think that's BB. I don't know. Whatever it is, is Preston Smith lined up on the as a boundary corner, eight yards off the football? And I don't. Th- this is like what happens when you mess with a depth chart in Madden and you get it wrong. Like how yes. does, <laughs> how does this happen? <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like this. But it's, it's incredible. That's incredible. For those of you who haven't seen the picture, I 100 promise you, it's worth the Google. In- incredible is a word. <laughs> yeah. It's a word. Incredible is a word. Probably not the first word that comes to mind with with incredible, but yeah, sure. That's a word. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Oh, man. Um, Rashawn Gary, to me, he's been a disappointment. Um, he, to me, he's like Solomon Thomas for the Packers. He's just kind of a guy, to be honest. I didn't like him out of Michigan, but I, I get it. He, you need a guy like that to rotate in and out. Um, the Packers are in the NFC North. They are... I guess neck and neck with the Bears. How how far ahead are they on the Bears right now? Would you think? Uh, I mean, let's, I mean, I, had, I, I just need this. My brother listens to the Bears fan. I mean, my brother's a Bears fan. I need this. Neck part. and ahead, neck guys. is like saying one's a giraffe and the other one's a hippo. But um, I think you know, with the Bears, as I've said since the beginning, their defense is going to keep them in every single game. They still have yeah. a, an incredible defense. You know, unfortunately, we need slander here. Slander them. My brother. Oh, don't worry. Slander. Oh, I'm going to. Okay, don't okay, you worry. Okay. Oh, honey, is coming. So, you know, okay. the, their defense is really good. Their offense is the definition of a mediocre offense. And yeah. I said this from the beginning that you had Trubisky. And, and I will say, you know, how you enjoy Mike Pettin being on, you know, the Green Bay Packers as their defensive coordinator. <laughs> You know, while I did laugh and cackle at Mitch Trubisky being the quarterback for the Bears, I pointed out last year while everyone was ready to throw him out the window that he is not the only problem 
on the Bears. They don't have a power running game, which Trubisky needs to succeed. Obviously, Trubisky got Mm -hmm. hurt on one play, so he's irrelevant now. But their offensive line is garbage. They did not address it in the draft, I think, until like the sixth round. So that's a problem. And the play calling had been abysmal. They weren't playing to Trubisky's strengths. If he was really good out of the pocket, he could utilize his legs, he could run, and they didn't give him a running game to fall back on. Now, All that being said, then you go and you trade and you get Nick Foles, a guy who has not played a full season in his entire NFL career, a guy who did not beat out Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville after Jacksonville paid him a crap ton of money. And Bears fans are like, he is our Lord and Savior. And listen, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. The guy had one of the greatest playoff stretches that I've seen in a while. Like, kudos to him. And I think Nick Foles can be a good quarterback. The problem is is that there's no way in God's green earth that Nick Foles is going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to be like flying, wheeling and dealing. They're going to be a great offense. And that's been shown behind a terrible offensive line, behind a not so great running game. It's just not going to happen. So I think, you know, the Bears, I'm concerned from the defensive side of things that they will be able to keep, you know, games low scoring and maybe temper that Packers offense a bit. But the NFC North at this time is the Packers to lose. And I didn't think it was going to be that. I thought the Vikings would be more competitive. You know, they showed it on Sunday, but I thought they would be more competitive. And I think that you, you the Packers are really in control of their own destiny. They have you guys, uh, they have the Colts, they have the two Bears games, which, you know, they could split and they have the Titans. Other than that, that's kind of it when it comes to like really quality opponents um, that they're going to have to face. So um, I'm not overly concerned i still think that they're going to win the north um but at the same time you know do we still have the same problems as we did last year like that is becoming like a glaring issue and is it going to be one of those things of like yeah the packers made the playoffs again that's great but are we going to get exposed again by a good power running team and you know that that that's a legitimate fear Yeah, Tom. So, you know, to bring it back full circle back to this game, before we let all our guests go, we get a prediction out of them. We're going to put you on the spot and ask you tomorrow night as we record this on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, Thursday night football. If this game happens, if they don't have any more COVID stuff happening in San Francisco and they got to push this to Sunday or Monday, whatever happens, who wins Thursday night football? Uh, As as I was talking to here on my pod, this is a game the Packers need to win. The 49ers this is the best chance they're going to have to beat the 49ers because, I mean, you guys are decimated, right? And you look at the Vikings, they were decimated too. Their secondary was non-existent. And I think if the Green Bay Packers don't win this game, there is going to be some big, big problems and really bad conversations in Wisconsin. And I think that the Packers are going to be able to get it done, just like I said, because of their offense, even though they're missing a whole bunch of pieces. I imagine because you don't have the power running game, you know, as long as Mostert don't play, doesn't play, please God, um, they'll be able to at least contain, you know, whoever they have back there at the exact moment. Um, I, I, so my hope is that they'll be able to edge one out. I would not be surprised if it's a close game, though. I would not be surprised at all. And I think that reflects on the Packers uh, poorly. So who's winning? Oh, Packers. Sorry. Yes. Oh, yeah. Packers. Yeah. So Packers will edge it out. That's what I'm saying with a boatload of confidence. (laughs) It's not a video, so you can't see me shaking my head. (laughs) 
Oh, Tom, this this has been so much fun, man. And and like you said, we're on video. We're looking at your little setup, and we kind of do our own video stuff sometimes. And it's just it's so glorious. So so please tell the people how they can find you on video, how they can find you, so they can see how awesome this setup is. Yeah, absolutely. So onlyfans.com slash Tom Grassi um, <laughs> is the the number one link. Uh, you can just look on Tom Grassi on YouTube. Uh, that that's the big one Packcast. if you want to listen to just audio because you don't want to see this face and you just for some reason want to listen to the Muppet voice that is coming out of my mouth you can you could do that too and it's at Tom Grassi comedy on all the social media stuff I tweet things sometimes <laughs> it's a must follow that's it <laughs> subscribe subscribe to all his YouTube stuff you know we we're always here to support everybody and Tom done the same for us and we'll do the same for him uh, keep crushing as always, Tom. We appreciate you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you, guys. We'll talk soon, Tom. All right. Once again, thank you to Tommy, Tommy Grassi for coming on and uh, giving us some laughs and walking us through our, you know, 49ers pain. And the pain keeps coming. Uh, this week, um, first first bit of news, uh, the first pain, Quan Alexander is traded. I don't think that's pain, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's you lose a, a integral part of 20, the 2019 Super Bowl roster, kind of a heart and soul type guy for this defense and for the team in general. Uh, the inevit- inevitable cut of Dante Pettis happened this week. Mm-hmm. He pretty much killed his career by jumping headfirst into a pile and KOing himself. That was his way of saying, I went off this team. And then Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle are on most likely season-ending IR. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. aggravated the ankle. There was some word out of 49ers camp that there's some tension building because of the severity of it, and maybe somebody forced him back on the field or rushed him back. Something is going on in San Francisco. And then George Kittle... Um, the fracture came back. It is in his foot. It's not a Jones fracture. So that's a Thank plus. God. So yep. he says two weeks. Kyle Shanahan says eight weeks. I hope Kyle Shanahan sits him for the rest of the year. Do not let him play. You have to. You have to. Um, save him for himself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the top of your news. Uh, but first, I also want to thank Tom, Tommy Grassi for coming on. Guy, that guy's hilarious. He's funny. He had, us in, he had us in stitches, man. And there's a couple of times I had to mute myself just so I wasn't overlapping him with laughter. Uh, so thank you for Tommy. Please go out and catch him at Tommy at Tom Grassi Comedy on Twitter. Please go follow him. He's great. Um, let's start with the Quan news. For me, the Quan news is bittersweet, but more on the sweet side. It sucks to lose him. Quan was such a such an integral part of the locker room. I don't think we have Fred Warner linebacker one. I don't think we have Drake Greenlaw without Quan Alexander. He was at a point where you had to go out and pay to get a guy like that. They would they were picking second overall when I signed Quan Alexander. Yeah, San Francisco wasn't a desirable place to go. Yeah, they were getting Jimmy Garoppolo back after the ACL injury, but you still had no expectations. I mean, we saw the predictions last year that rolled in. Guys were thinking that 49ers were still a 3-13 and team. Adam Rank. <laughs> they were thinking they were still – yeah, Adam, our guy Adam Rank thought that. Uh, there were, But he wasn't the only one. There was plenty of people saying this 49ers team is not good. They're still yeah. going to struggle. They still don't have anything together. Yada, yada, yada. So you had to go overpay to get Quan Alexander. Uh, we acknowledged that when he was signed, that he was overpaid. Was it a waste of money? Was he a wasted signing? Was it a wasted tenure here in San Francisco? Yes and no. Yes, if you look strictly from production. If you look at what he did on the field, they paid him too much money. But the impact he had on guys like Fred Warner, on guys like Dre Greenlaw, on on giving that defense an identity, an attitude, the hot boys, the swagger they played with, all that stuff. Quan Alexander was at the very center of that. 
We talked about it last year a ton. Our favorite moment from last year's regular season was when he told the Carolina Panthers to get their sorry asses off the field. That was a game the 49ers came out. They're wearing their all whites. They set the tone. And that defense, I think that day is when the rest of the league woke up and goes, holy shit. Yeah. This defense is good. Mm-hmm. This defense is good. And that's that all started with Quan Alexander. Now, he missed a, a giant chunk of last year, which, again, allowed Dre Greenlaw to get some play time and become the linebacker he is. Uh, you know, you heard Fred Warner in his exit interview. Uh, he said he went over to Quan's house to make sure they got to hang out one last time before he got on a plane. Well, not one last time. He's dying. But, you yeah. know, one last time his teammates before before he heads off to New Orleans. And to me, it says that New Orleans is completely selling out on Drew Brees of last year. Yeah. Because the 49ers get this contract off the books. I don't know how the Saints afforded this. I don't know how. They don't think they afford it next year either. Yeah, so so this is clearly a salary dump by the 49ers. They needed to clear some cap space. I think they were looking to see if maybe they could make a move to bring someone in. Now we obviously see that doesn't make it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they bring in at this point. Unless it's Patrick Mahomes, this team isn't going anywhere. Um, And was it waste? A little bit. But he was so important to the team in other ways than production on the field that I think you absolutely have to look back and 49ers fans will have to think that this was at least a decent signing. Not a home run, but like an RBI single. Yeah. A seeing eye single that knocked a guy in from second base and a guy is Fred Warner. So, you know, you just got to take it. You got to take the good with the bad. Not a great signing, but it got the job done and it set the 49ers up for a lot of success moving forward. Yeah, it was it was needed. Um Drake Greenlaw was, you know, to some he was out playing, playing Quan, and to others he wasn't. I think um, Dre was just a little bit better at tackler, and and Quan is just better in coverage. Um, but it's not. This doesn't. This isn't going to affect wins and losses for the 49ers by getting rid of Quan Alexander at this point. Um, so best of luck to him in New Orleans. I did, I wish it wasn't in the NFC, but. You got to, wherever you can push him off, you can push him off and you get a conditional fifth round. Now, Kiko Alonso hasn't played all season. He is still on PUP. He has an ACL tear. So we're probably never going to see Kiko Alonso in a 49er uniform, which is perfect. I don't like the guy anyways. Um, so <laughs> that was a salary dump to afford. In order to afford Quan, New Orleans had to send somebody. He's only a one-year deal. Yeah. He's he likely never like suiting one- up for the 49ers. Yeah, he's owed less than a million dollars still. So the Niners needed to to drop some cap to um, to f- function for the rest of the season. And as we see today, this COVID list grew quickly. Uh, but before we get to that, Dante Pettis, you traded up for a guy. You didn't like him when he came to camp initially, and it just never worked out. And this is just a big miss. I think with Dante the biggest lesson learned is you now know what to look for in wide receivers and you have them in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I think that's the take takeaway from Dante Pettis' tenure in San Francisco. It has to be. It has to be. And, you know, Dante Pettis, he had such promise coming out. And it's funny, is there something in the water at, at UW? Because John Ross is going through the same stuff in Cincinnati. He wanted out and he didn't get traded. Um, he hasn't been cut yet as of now. Who knows if that will be coming. But, you know, is it – is there something in the water up there? Because neither one of those guys had careers that panned out. Dante Pettis, second round pick. And he showed flashes his rookie year, right? He looked pretty good. He showed some flashes at the beginning of last year. But then you saw that once the 49ers took on this identity of, of, of being a hard, hard-nosed run team, run first team, and they want to punch you in the mouth, Dante Pettis didn't fit in. He didn't fit because when he was on the field, you almost knew they were going to pass the ball because you can't expect Dante Pettis to run block for you. 
Uh, Pettis was picked up by the New York Giants today uh, on waivers. So why they picked him up when they have Slayton and Shepard and, and Golden Tate and all these guys and Evan Ingram and Daniel Jones is the quarterback. They can't get them the ball as is. I don't know. Uh, maybe they want to try his hand in, uh, in the return game. But he never flashed that in San Francisco despite his college success with that. Being so successful in college as, as a punt returner. Uh, it's never saw it. It felt like a long time coming. It just felt like something that we, we knew was going to happen at one point. They tried to trade him. No takers. Just time to cut bait. And I mean, now I'm thinking they kind of wish they held on to him for at least one more week. But, uh, yeah, the writing was on the wall for Dante Pettis a long time ago. Yeah, it's – he had 11 punt returns or 11 kick returns total, and he excelled that in college. I think I think Kyle Shannon had mentioned it um, about – when he was asked why doesn't Dante return kicks or punts in this, in this, for this team. And he, he had mentioned, you know, catching the ball consistently. And I don't know what that means, whether it really is catching the ball or the return. Is that what we would see? What we saw versus Seattle more often at Dante Pettis, um, where he just like swan dives into a pile. Um, it's just sometimes you guys just don't have it. It's, it's a miss and it's a, it's a sucky miss because the Niners whiffs are huge. Solomon Thomas is a huge whiff. Ruben Foster is a huge whiff. Dante Pettis is a huge whiff. Um, me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Wendy's Baconator is the ultimate bacon cheeseburger that puts all other cheeseburgers to cheeseburger shame. And now we're bringing that same big bacon energy to shake up and wake up your breakfast with the Breakfast Baconator. Stacked with the fresh cracked egg, sausage, cheese, and bacon. And right now, you can get a free breakfast baconator with purchase in the Wendy's app. So get to Wendy's and always be baconating. We got you. Offer available at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Offer must be redeemed via the app. Account registration required. And now we look back at that draft too. McGlinchey was the first round pick. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give McGlinchey a pat. He's not he's not as bad as some of the highlight real stuff looks because he's more right. he's more good than bad. He is, but the problem is his highlight reel stuff is also the low light reel of the quarterback. <laughs> and when the quarterback's throwing an interception, Mike McGlinchey is usually looking back at it with his hands on his head. Like, I didn't, shit. Oh man, too many white claws. It. It's the white yeah, claws, so, bro. You gotta he needs to drink some something more than a hundred calories to uh, We gotta go get we gotta get him hanging out with uh Justin Smith and just pounding like PBRs and, and bush light and stuff. Yeah. So Milwaukee's best. That, but, yeah, beast. Uh, uh, um, yeah, no, uh, it, it, Mike McGlinchey and Dante Pettis, that's not a great one-two punch. And when you look back, that's that's the first one-two punch for the first two years for this front office is bad. Yeah. Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster, and then and then the next year, McGlinchey and, and Pettis. Uh, McGlinchey has time to correct it. We'll see if he can do it. He still has, you know, he's still going to be on the team next year. I think you get more out of McGlinchey, though. Like, you obviously get much more out of McGlinchey. So I, Oh, 100%. He's a, he's a 16 game starter. For, I would give his entire career. I would, you know, for, for the 2017 first two guys, that's an F. You, that's an F. 
But for it's the like F minus minus whatever the lowest, <laughs> it's a zero. But it's a the, zero. <laughs> but for the 2018 guys, B minus because you're you're getting 16 games out of McGlinchey consistent. Well, not consistently. He did he did get hurt um, last year, but he when he came back, he played he played much better. This year, I think part of it is he lost weight, and that's part of why he's getting his ass rolled over a couple times a game. Um, but for the most part, I thought he's I think he's played well in the three years he's been here. He's played. He played above average. He's not below average by any means. To I give it a I give it a straight C. That's fine. Straight C, just because like you said, he's been fine, and we like we don't, we don't hate McGlinchey. And he's, like we talk about all the time, he's an elite run blocking right tackle. Yeah, maybe maybe the best in the league is a run blocker, which is what Shanahan wants to have the right tackle anyway. But his pass protection is just subpar, and he's shown flashes of being really good at it. But you know, also like Pettis flashed. And there was Pettis made some key plays. He caught the game winning touchdown against the Steelers last year in a game that the 49ers had no business winning. They played terrible all game. Dante Pettis catches a game winner. He catches what ends up being the game winner in Arizona. Yeah. He flashed. He made some plays that the 49ers needed him to make over the time. It's just, they didn't work out and it wasn't a team for him. And a change of scenery is 100% the best thing for Dante Pettis. Whatever team, like the Giants got him, but whatever team decides that they really want to give him a go, they need to find him a package that works where it's just going to be like, it works for him. And he wants to fall in love with the game again. Because I I think he's kind of, in San Francisco, I think he fell out of love with football. And I hope he can find, I think, I think, I hope he can find it somewhere else. I think maybe Kyle Shanahan's brashness rubbed Pettis the wrong way. Maybe that's not the kind of coaching that he responded well to. Um, I mean, we heard it uh, from Ja'Kai Polite when they were going through the draft stuff. And Ja'Kai Polite came out of that interview and said that, that Lynch and Shanahan and Sala and everybody, they just beat him up. Yeah. Not everybody responds to that. Not everybody responds to that. So you got to find a coaching style that works. So hopefully Joe Judge and, and, and Jason Garrett can get, well, hey, the clapper, baby. <laughs> the clapper is going to be clapping it up for Dante Pettis. So, yeah, yeah and I th- we'll see. We'll see if it works out for him. I think with Dante, he's going to have a little more opportunity on special teams. Joe Judge is a special teams guy. Yep. So maybe we might see the OU dub uh, Dante Pettis as a, as a returner in New York, which is cool. I'll watch and root for the guy. I have, there's no ill will toward him. He's, you know, he's still human at the end of the day. Um, Julian Taylor. Also, he fails his physical trying to that return. Sucks, from the man. List, and he has been cut loose. Uh, I, I tweeted out that it was a shocker. And then the more I thought about it, like, well, where was he on the depth chart to begin with when it yeah. comes to defensive interior? I mean, he was pretty far down there anyway. Uh, Kevin Givens, his his emergence has kind of made Julian Taylor redundant. Yeah, redundant. You know, DJ Jones is obviously doing good things for the 49ers this barbecue year. They got sauce. I know, I can't wait for that barbecue sauce. DJ Jones is, is his family owns a barbecue joint, and they're going to be sending us some of this sauce. So I can't wait to get Woo-hoo. it because this is going to be good. I can't I'm wait to try this stuff. Baby, I'm the smoker. We're, we're gonna tell we're gonna tell you all about that. All about that. Once we get in the hand, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. He's doing ribs in the smoker. I'm doing I'm doing. I might do like barbecue chicken tacos or something. That'll Go work. that direction with it. Yeah. Go that direction with it. You know, some white people tacos. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, you got the you got the interior. Of the defensive line is is stacked right now. So Julian Taylor was pretty far down the list anyway. Cutting him loose right now gives him time to, to heal up, yeah, work out, and then maybe latch on with another team. And I think or this latch is a on good, back with us, yeah, or come on back because I mean, who knows? He might be the starting defensive tackle in Week 14. Somebody who knows has an high ankle sprain. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The San Francisco high ankle sprains. So yeah, those were the two players that were cut yesterday, and then 
And then today, we, we thought we'd been through the worst of it. Well, no, we didn't. We, we thought we survived. The other guys. We're going to get to the other guys next? Or you want to wait? What other guys? What other guys? The two. The two big ones. George and Jim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to go through. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, uh, let's yeah. do. Let's do, We can do today. No, you know what? Let's do George and Jim. Okay. Take it off. George Kittle. Just sit down for the rest of the year, man. Please. You have already <laughs> sprained your MCL because Jimmy threw a hospital ball. I don't care about the Kendrick Bourne miss block. If Jimmy puts the ball where he needs to be, Kittle never exposes his knee um, or his or his body really to the defender that's coming to hit him. Um, now he breaks his foot or a bone in his foot. Mm-hmm. I know these guys are competitors; they're going to want to be out there. But you know, for where where is this season going? I don't I don't know where it's going. I don't why risk it, George? You know, for what to be you know, to to be seven and nine and be more banged up in the off season. I don't know. That's just where I'm at with it. And then with Jimmy Garoppolo, they're saying surgery. They're saying it may not need surgery. They're saying he, he did something else to his ankle. At this point, we have a quarterback problem and, and this is, he's never had, he's played one year of 16 games in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. One year. I know we had the first five. That's fine because he got traded. Um, he played three games in 2018 ACL tear and came back and played a full season in 2019 leads us to the Super Bowl or well helps us get to the Super Bowl. And then this year he's hurt in the second game. And then either he was rushed back or he thought he was good enough to get back and he re-aggravates it against Miami. And then he re-aggravates it against um, the Seahawks. Eric Davis did something really, really good, you know, a couple weeks ago and people, people keep disputing it he got benched because of poor play. And I, I, I happen to agree with Eric Davis that he got benched for poor play and not the ankle. Um, but the ankle gives them that, that out to say, Hey, mm-hmm. it was his ankle that was bothering. That's why he played poorly. But we just saw him play against the Rams and the Patriots move around in the pocket pretty well with no issues. They weren't asking him to do very much. We talked about that last time on, after those games, they were, yep. you know, easy, you know, you and I could throw 18 inches in front of our face. Um, uh, my limit is 17 inches. Okay. So, All right. Gotta, gotta be a little bit closer for me, but you know, but, maybe, maybe you but, can do it. But they, you know, they, they limited the playbook. Like they've been limiting the playbook all season for Jimmy and this offense because Kyle just doesn't trust him. And, and I've never said that on, on the show before, but I'm, I'm very confident saying Kyle just doesn't trust him. He yep. doesn't trust him with his baby. And Kyle's baby is this offense. Um, Kyle is running a very conservative form of his offense. And you heard Steve Young say it. You heard Jeff Garcia say it. Those guys are professional quarterbacks. One's a Hall of Famer, and one got the Niners to a couple playoff games and did fairly well in San Francisco. I'm going to take their word over any Twitter analyst who decides to, you know, call the fight early. You know what I mean? So, um, I, it's, it's, um, (laughs) sorry, throwing you off on that one, man. That was, uh, I wasn't expecting to drop that one. It's, it's frustrating that we're back in the quarterback market because yeah, yeah, because the offense isn't isn't work isn't isn't what it needs to be. And like again, we said it on the last show: pushing the ball downfield does not mean taking 30, 40 yard bomb shots. It means fifteen to twenty consistently, ten to fifteen consistently. You know, when you're the lowest in in in, in intended air yards and then highest in yak, that tells you all you need to know about this offense. I get it. We talked about it in the offseason how Kyle's building his offense around yak. I thought about it then, and I'm, now I'm like, maybe I should have been a little bit more honest uh, about it about it as well. I'm like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. does he? Maybe this adds into the whole theme of, 
you know, he just can't push the ball further down the field. And it's been proven now. There's nothing, there's nothing here that says he, he, he can do it and he just hasn't done it. Yeah. Um, I, I, not much to add. Kittle needs to sit. That's it. I think this season is, is toast. I'm surprised they didn't trade more players. I'm surprised Kwaski Tart's still on the team. I'm surprised to an extent that Kwan Williams is still on the team. I'm surprised that Kendrick Bourne is still on the team. This is all just you know, little things because I really thought they were going to try and trade everything that wasn't nailed down, but they're rolling with what they came with. Um, but but when it comes to Jimmy, I'm not going to dump on him too much. Um, I am going to point out that everybody likes to latch on to 2019. But he led this team to the Super Bowl. Or a guy, Dieter Kurtenbach from, from KMBR had a had a fantastic tweet that I, I, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet, but it's a case Keenum led the Vikings to a 13 win season. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky went 11 and three in 2018. Blake Bortles in 2017 took the Jacksonville Jaguars to the AFC title game. They were all figured out the next year. What makes Jimmy Garoppolo different? What makes him different than those quarterbacks? Now, obviously, that is not a great group to be included in with, right? Yeah. Trubisky is is terrible. Uh, Bortles will never be a regular starter in the NFL ever again. Ever again. Case Keenum, probably the same way. He's a, he's a career backup. But the point is, when you don't have a lot of tape on guys, which nobody had a ton of tape on Jimmy Garoppolo. He had two starts in New England. He gets five with, with Kyle Shanahan light playbook. Mm-hmm. A playbook, like half the playbook. Um, and then he only gets three games in 2018. All of a sudden, 2019, he struggled a little bit early, but then Kyle Shanahan found a rhythm. They figured out how to use him. Uh, Debo Samuel's emergence to trade for Emmanuel Sanders opened some things up. It was a lot of tape that people didn't have on the 49ers last year. It's a lot of offensive concepts that we hadn't seen from the 49ers because they never had weapons like this. They never had players like this. They never had a quarterback that could at least somewhat get them the ball. Well, everybody sat around. We talked about this. We talked about this as soon as the Super Bowl was over. The 49ers have a target on their back. Yep. This that, that, The 49ers game was circled on every single team's schedule coming into this year. They did their homework. They watched all this stuff. They had the time to develop and get defensive plans and know how exactly how to get Jimmy Garoppolo off his game. They knew what to do, and it became more and more evident this year because as he started off slow – he has the ankle injury. He doesn't gain confidence. He's not willing to push the ball down the field. Teams sit on it. Teams sit on it. Our guy, Rich Madrid, did, 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 did a little thread today. We talked about two plays, two yep. plays in the Seattle game. One is where Jimmy Garoppolo misreads the play. He doesn't throw it to a wide-open Kendrick Bourne. Instead, he tries to force the ball underneath to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk gets stopped on third down. Stop short. Same exact play. Same exact blitz. Coming from mm-hmm. Seattle, Nick Mullins recognizes Kendrick Bourne is open right away, and as soon as he gets the ball, he unloads it to him. Boom. Ball's in KB's hands. Let him get a first down. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't make the right reads a lot. He got stuck in his game plan. He knew what the primary was. He knew what the hot route was. And if the primary wasn't open right away, he went right to the hot route. Jeff Garcia talked about it when he was on Matt Mayoko's podcast, where he's not making the right reads at the line of scrimmage. He's not making the right adjustments. He's not calling the right protections. He's not doing a lot of the things you need to do as a starting quarterback. And I think a lot of that is confidence. I think a lot of it is in his own head. 
Can Jimmy Garoppolo be a good quarterback in the NFL? Yes, we've seen it. I don't think we're going to see it again in San Francisco. Much like Dante Pettis, I think the best thing for Jimmy Garoppolo's career is a change of scenery. I think it's to, to go back. If it's go back to New England, it's go to New England. If it's go up to Chicago and play for Matt Nagy, go do that. If it's go to Jacksonville, if Salah goes there and wants to take him with him, go with him. Yeah, I think he needs to change the scenery because I think I think the relationship between Kyle and Jimmy is broken. And I think for that reason, we do not see Jimmy Garoppolo the rest of the year. I don't yeah. care if they say it's a four-week injury. I think they're putting on him IR and they're stashing him. Because the last thing they want to do, the last thing the 49ers want to do, if they want to get any value at Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of this year, is they can't let him play anymore. Yeah. you got to sit him because you can't let him come back in week 16 and throw four interceptions and two over for, return for touchdowns. And all of a sudden, the, the cat's out of the bag. And I was like, that's it. This guy's done. We don't want anything to do with him. You can't do it. So I think Jimmy is done for the year. Done. Yeah, so... I was talking to Rich about that, and he gave me the play in, from the playbook. He, he some some of the some of the guys on Twitter have a lot of access to some shit, and they man, they, they <laughs> give me some shit. Uh, but the the concept is called flag follow. Um, on that, um, in the diagram, the general rule is the hot route is always to the side of the blitz, and on the one where Jimmy goes to Ayuk, the blitz comes from DJ Reed, former Forty Nine er, and he's. He's supposed to deliver the ball to Kendrick Bourne. These are the type of plays that are going to drive Kyle Shanahan nuts because mm-hmm. these are the rules that are built into this playbook. And these are the things that that Jimmy consistently, consistently leaves on the field. You know, that's third and six. You get to fourth and one because you went to Ayuk when you could have just had a first down with Kendrick Bourne inside, inside the 10, most likely. So now you're in better scoring position instead of having to go for fourth and one. Um, the other play is Nick Mullins. He, he, he does the complete opposite of Jimmy Garoppolo, takes it to Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne gets physical enough and works his way up the field, and you know you have a 15, 16-yard game, whatever it was. So those are the differences, and that's the thing with, when, with speaking to, to Rich and listening to Steve Young and listening to Jeff Garcia and listening to guys like Greg Cosell and people who are way smarter than me at the quarterback position – Mm-hmm. I I never really I never really thought about the the processing part about studying quarterbacks. I've always been looking at the physical. Where, where's his head? Where's his feet? That's kind of how I looked at it. But the pre snap stuff is also part of it. And I I it, you know I'm, I'm I can admit that like I'm ignorant to that kind of stuff because I don't know all these coverages all the way right away. So you know the blitz, that's, that's 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 football one on one though. You go you you replace the blitz with the ball and. Jimmy's mm-hmm. supposed to put the ball where the blitz was. And that's happened a lot this season. I went back and watched a couple other games, and it's it consistently happens. It happened last year. There was a lot of things left on the field. Uh, you're seeing wide receivers getting visibly upset uh, pretty much all season on, on the All-22 because there's a lot of stuff there that just Jimmy doesn't take. You can't just keep force-feeding George Kittle. You're going you're gonna to break the guy, and we're seeing it. Um, they did. They broke the guy. Jim, you know, Steve Young doesn't think Jimmy Garoppolo will be here next year. Eric Davis doesn't think he's going to be here next year. And Jeff Garcia wasn't ready to say those things, but it sounded like it was it. Where, where do you, what do you think, man? You think Jimmy's back next year? No, no, yeah, I, I really don't. And I think, I think it's a broken relationship more than anything. I'm not going to sit here and dump on the guy and say he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible. We've, we've said not long, terrible. long. Yeah, he's, he's not fine. terrible. He's fine. But this relationship he's, between him function. and Shanahan, this relationship between him and Shanahan is toast. It's done. These guys cannot coexist in the same offense anymore because Kyle wants to do one thing and Jimmy is only capable of doing another. 
And that's yeah. that's the long and short of it. That's the long and short of it. You didn't you didn't draft Ebo Samuel to catch pooch passes. You didn't no. draft Brandon Ayuk to run screens. Can yeah. they do that? Yes, that is a skill they have. You don't yeah. draft those guys to turn them into gadget players. It, it this, this offense felt like watching almost to an extent like the Cam Newton Carolina offense with with Curtis Samuel and, and DJ Moore and Cam mm-hmm. Newton, except for Jimmy can't run. Yeah, but every everybody was a gadget player on that offense, and it just I don't want to watch that. I want to I want to watch these guys go down the field. I want to I've seen Ayuk run routes. I've seen him get open down the field. I want to see someone push him the ball. Um, it, and I think really what we're going to see from the 49ers is. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. What do they want to do at quarterback? If Nick Mullins comes in and plays well enough against the Packers, well enough against the Saints, and, <sighs> and gets gets this team, I know we're gonna, we're gonna go into the whole COVID stuff here in a minute. We're gonna just we're just gonna just dissect the NFL. But if Nick Mullins shows enough ability that he can babysit a rookie, and he can be the bridge quarterback for them, because he is a restricted free agent, mm-hmm. and they can slap a second round tender on him pay him not much money and not a single team in the NFL is going to come snatch Nick Mullins for a second rounder. Yeah. If they can do that and he can prove to be that guy, I think that's the route they go. Because Nick Mullins will come $20 million plus cheaper than Jimmy Garoppolo as a bridge quarterback. I think that number is like $3.4 million with a second round tender on on That's what it was this year. It's probably going to go up a little bit, maybe 3.8, maybe 4. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Let's say it's even $4 million. Jimmy Garoppolo is owed 28 next year. Yeah, you can you can have a bridge quarterback for twenty four million dollars cheaper when you are cash strapped in a year where the cap is going to go down. I think that's the biggest thing. The cap is going down. It's probably dropping to one hundred seventy five million. If that's the case, you can't have twenty eight million dollars worth of a player you don't trust. So I think I think he's done in San Francisco. Yeah, I agree. And you know, and part of me wouldn't be surprised if he's back either. You know, I just don't. If you can't find the better option then you, you kind of run this thing back and, you know, figure it out. You know, part of me thinks how much credit does Kyle Shanahan deserve for 2019? I think almost all of it, because if you hit your quarterback this much um, and, you know, most of the deep balls were to wide open guys and there was a lot of things pretty much schemed wide open. We kind of heard all that stuff last year. You know, Kyle schemes guys open. Kyle schemes everybody open. So the, it makes it easy on the quarterback. Um, so I'm, I'm giving Kyle a lot of credit for last year. And then I, I want to kick, I want to, you know, push back on the notion, you know, just from my mentions and Twitter, a rookie can't come in and do what Jimmy's doing. Listen, if Nick Mullins can do what Jimmy's doing, a rookie can do what Jimmy's doing. And that's not to knock Jimmy Garoppolo. It's if you can find yourself a quarterback with good mental skills and better physical traits, he's probably going to look better in this offense since Kyle is scheming everybody open and he can hide a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. What makes you think he couldn't improve this offense with a guy with a little bit more skill physically and potentially, you know, better processing skills in pre-snap and post-snap reads. Um, you know, the guy that comes to mind is Zach Wilson. I, I know everyone's going to be like, Oh, well he, 
He's only had one year at BYU and he had injury. Yeah, I get that. But everything that I've heard and read about the guy is it's football, 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 and then his religion. So it's basically football and religion for, for Zach Wilson. Um, same thing with guys like Mac Jones. It's they, they get it. They, they see it pre and post snap from some of the stuff I read. Trey Lance is kind of in the middle um, with some of the stuff I've read. So who's, who's, who's to say that you couldn't get, you couldn't get pretty much equal production out of a rookie. And then you can expand on those skill sets and you build a guy. We got, I got a lot of kickback of Kyle's never developed a quarterback. Well, Kyle hasn't really had a chance to develop a quarterback. He's a, he was an offensive coordinator and he moved around a lot. He had, he didn't like Manziel. He had Brian Hoyer play his best season in Cleveland. He had Matt Schaub looking like an MVP. Matt Ryan won an MVP. He hit Jimmy Garoppolo. What makes you think he can't develop a quarterback because he only had one year with each guy? I don't, I don't think so. I'm not buying that. Yeah, I get the RG three thing a lot from him. Like, well, he ruined it. No, that that that's if you don't know anything about the Washington football team franchise, you know that Bull Shanahan's did not want <laughs> RG three. They wanted Kirk Cousins, and they and built an offense around him, and it was successful. They did, and the owner went after him and said, like, guess what? We're gonna go out and get this guy. Um, and 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 to combat the the thing you're talking about rookies as well, where a rookie can't come in and do what Jimmy Garoppolo did. Well, what the fuck did they do in 2017 with Jimmy Garoppolo? They simplified the offense and it worked. We've seen Kyle Shanahan do this in the past. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan is not infallible. He is not perfect. Correct. He is not. He is not Jesus. He is not God. He is not the flying spaghetti monster. He is not Yahweh. He is not whatever you believe in. But he he's really good at his job. He's Correct. really good at his job. Are his play calls always perfect? Absolutely not. Does he make mistakes? Absolutely he does. But he's really good at his job, and we've seen him change his offense and develop it around the players that he needs to develop it around. Because if he if he hadn't, then we wouldn't see Debo on these jet sweeps. We wouldn't see these screens. We wouldn't see all this stuff that played into Jimmy's strengths. We wouldn't Correct. see it at all mm-hmm. if he couldn't do that. So we know he can do it. We know he can tailor an offense to what he has. So just just get out of here with that. Just, just, all the way out of here. <laughs> all the way out. Of here. You can't see him like cry chop in the air right now. You can't see me. But let's move it. Let's move into this week because they got the Packers. They're supposed to play tomorrow night. This game is on, according to the NFL. Jesus it is Christ! On. Mike Mike Garofalo, Garofalo. I don't Garofalo. know how to say his name. Garofalo. Garofalo. There we go. I, I went to college with a kid named Garofalo. Um, Garofalo. He's saying the game is on. The 49ers are missing. Kendrick Bourne tested positive. Kendrick Bourne tested positive. There were two other players. Well, technically three, but Debo Samuel is already out, so we knew that wasn't going to happen. Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams. We're both close contacts. So they are both out for the game tomorrow. So the 49ers, do you want to know the list? Matt, uh, I believe it was Rob Lauder tweeted tweet this out. Do oh, you got the it? List of, the list of wide receivers available on the active roster right now, you know what it is? Me and you. Trent Taylor, stop. That's it. It's Trent Taylor is the only active wide receiver on the roster right now. Are they going to elevate Kevin White? Yeah, they're going to elevate Kevin White. But they don't have anybody to play wide receiver. They already don't have anybody to play running back. They're missing their left tackle. They're missing their starting quarterback. This is the most depleted playoffs. roster I've ever We're seen. about playoffs? You kidding it's me? The most depleted, it's the most depleted roster I've ever seen. Ever, 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 ever seen. Yeah. And, and the fact that the NFL is pushing forward with this game on a Thursday after they juggled the schedule around to appease the Tennessee Titans who broke protocol and who continued to show up at practice, and who continued to hold practices on the side when they weren't supposed to. This is egregious. 
This is miserable. They've already pushed a game to a Tuesday night once. They've already done it. Why the fuck aren't they doing it this time? Why aren't they doing it this time? Why Why are the Titans fucking little special snowflakes? I don't get it. I don't get it. Why can't they move this game? I don't. With the 10th pick in the draft, the 49ers select. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> it's, that's what it's going it, to be. This, Oh my goodness. This is, this is look, and I'm, and I'm, I'm also going to advocate for the Packers here because they don't have anybody either. They're, they're shorthanded on their running mm-hmm. back room. They're shorthanded in their corners. Um, so let's look at the tomorrow's potential starting lineup. Nick Mullins, Jarek McKinnon, Ross Dwelly, Kyle Juszczyk, Justin School, Lakin Thomason, Hironis Grasu, Brunskill, McGlinchey, Richie James, Trent Taylor. What? We're going to go out hurt. there is it Rich James he's, he's, he's most likely going to be activated. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, you know what would have been really cool if we kept Dante Pettis. That's what I was saying. They're probably wishing they kept Dante Pettis <laughs> at this point. Cause he was good. No, I, you know, I, I think Dante Kyle, Kyle, Kyle would probably rather said. suit up than play Dante Pettis. Uh, yeah. Can we actually see that? Can we get Kyle Shanahan suited up yeah. playing wide receiver? I'm, I'm kind of here for it. Uh, We're, we can need to call. Call Eric Crocker to play corner, get yeah. get Shanny out there, wide receiver, whatever it takes. Um, you know, I had high hopes for this game. Well, no, not high hopes. I, I had I had the Niners. I had the Niners on a slim chance of winning this game. That's gone. I'm sorry. That's gone. <laughs> it's gone. And I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy. Here now we're you know we I think we've reached the, the final stages of it. We've accepted it. The season is a wash. Um, yeah. This is a gap year essentially. Um, but the NFL, this is, this is an absolute joke. You, 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 how do you expect a team to function with, you know, you, you have, you, you lost your left tackle. It's Trent Williams. Okay. No big deal. You got Justin school, but your wide receiver room is toast. KB decimated. I hook and Debo. They're all gone. Kittle out. That's an injury thing. So it's not related to COVID, but you have, there's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing, and I, I don't understand why they can't push it. I, I will never understand this. Now watch, watch. We 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 yell into the universe. We yell that we speak this into existence. Kevin White has we yell on this podcast, and we get and we get we get all mad. Yeah, or Kevin White goes off, or I was gonna say, or they push the game after we release this pod. They're like, oh, That's never fine. mind. This Ooh. is bad. So we're gonna speak it into existence. So if that happens, you're welcome, America. If it doesn't, then here you go. Here's our upset, being upset about it. Um, I also we usually do three keys to the game, but all this news has just completely thrown us off our game. I don't have three keys for this neither, game. Neither do I survive that key one through three survive to have enough players to play the new Orleans Saints because at this point, that's all they really need to do. Um, can they win this game? Sure. Weirder things have happened. It's the NFL. Any given Thursday, uh, Nick Mullins has shown flashes of his ability to be successful in the NFL as a, as a, I like as a, as a passer. I like how you- I like you delayed that pause. You're like he showed his. To me, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what you know what I mean. We've it's seen him have good games. We've seen him like, we've seen him like go out and crush the Raiders on Thursday night football, and then we've yeah, seen he, him like lay 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 an egg against against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night football. Maybe this team just has no expectations anymore, and everyone's going, "Oh, this team stinks. Oh, the injuries. Oh, the COVID. All this stuff." And they go out there and they just have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe this team just goes out there and says, fuck it. 
starts throwing caution to the wind, starts ripping the ball all over the place, just trying to do crazy stuff, and it works. Who knows? Uh, I'm really upset we're not going to get to see Brandon Ayuk. He said this week that his idol is Devontae Adams, and that is actually my ceiling, ceiling comp for him. I think that's what he can be at his at his very top. I mean, he's really got to – he's not there now. But if he can really, really develop, I think he'd be someone like Devontae Adams. Um, so I'm disappointed we're not going to get to see him go up against his idol. Uh, it's just – man, this is like – I already hate Thursday Night Football. I've already been on, on enough tirades about how I think Thursday Night Football is the worst thing in the NFL when it comes to injuries and player safety. And But this one just hurts. This one hurts just to – yeah be forced to play this game when we've seen the NFL make adjustments for COVID in the past. And all of a sudden it's, it's here again. And like, well, green Bay's already on the plane. Like they can't hang out in Santa Clara for yeah, four yeah. days. It's bullshit. And you know, it's not like green Bay packed their defense. So it's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, it's just I, I I'm running out of stuff to say about this this season. This is yeah. This is bad. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this. I don't think anyone around the league has ever seen anything like this. Like I don't understand what it is about the water in Santa Clara that everyone is hurt, got hurt. Um, is it because they played a long season last year? I don't think so. The Chiefs are running around just fine. Um, is it the practice style? I don't know. Maybe Andy Reid runs a little bit more physical practices. These guys don't get hurt in games. Mm-hmm. Um, or just, we just got shit luck right now with injuries. And that's just, that's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The amount of injuries this team has sustained. You got 22 guys on IR. You can start, you know, that's a playoff roster on IR. Like, <laughs> it is. I, I know. Playoff roster is I know on it IR. is. Um, I know it is. You know, it's, it's, something now, like, it's something like 45% of their cap. Is is sitting on IR right now, which is eighty million dollars on IR. Man, that's it's miserable. That's something else. Do you have do you have a, do you have a prediction for this game? Any bold predictions or anything you want to say about this game before we sign off here? Because we're running a little long now that we've just kind of. I think you know you know mode. what what could help this team though. What what could honestly help the Niners tomorrow night? Jordan Reed might be back or should be back, so that's mm-hmm. a plus. Um, they still can't cover tight ends in Green Bay. Um, their linebackers are suspect there. So maybe we see a, you know, a two touchdown game from Jordan Reed and the Niners, you know, put up 20 points. Like the, I'd be surprised if the Niners put 20 points, like that would be something positive to take away from that game. Um, but I would say 27, 20 Packers in this one. Okay. I've got 30, 17. I just, a tradition unlike any other. Aaron Rodgers beating a bad 49ers team. He can't beat them when they're good, but when they're bad, he wins and he gets to be like, <laughs> I beat the Niners. Like, shut up, Aaron. Discount double check. Yeah. So, like I said, a tradition unlike any other. Aaron Rodgers beating a bad 49ers team. I don't foresee it being any if he, different. If they lose, if the Packers lose this game, I don't know Yo, how I'm, I'm going to go handle myself. <laughs> I'm going to talk so much shit. I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live in Tom's DMs. I'm just gonna <laughs> screenshot him the box score once a game, just like line at a time, just like just like individual player at a time. What happened? Petty no, I'm, not gonna to, I'm not gonna do that to Tom. Tom's awesome. I'm not gonna do that to him. Oh um, man. But yeah, yeah no, we, I think I 30, 30, 17. Green Bay wins, pretty handedly. Maybe a garbage time touchdown at the end. Some some excitement. I want to see like one cool play. That's my bold prediction. We get like one really good highlight play out of the offense. 
That's it. Yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my bold prediction. Now I'm going just, out on such a limb that they're going to get one cool highlight. There's only, I think, <laughs> I think there's only one request I have from the coaching staff. Just put Fred Warner in bubble wrap, please. Don't just put him in bubble wrap, please. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, uh, my one request of the coaching staff is now is the time to figure out what you have in all your young players. Tavarius Moore, put him on the field, please. Jimmy Ward, sit. Forever. Tit. Marcel Harris, Tavarius Moore, Jonathan Cyprian, all these guys, like, get guys on the field that might have a chance. Pass rushers, let's find out what they have in Jordan Willis. Put Armstead back on the inside. Uh, literally just if they have any kind of shot of being on this, this part of this team's future, put them on the field. Correct. Get him snaps. McKivitz. Get him McKivitz out, there. out there. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. Get him out there. Get him out there in some capacity. I don't care. Charlie Warner, you want, you want use check's job? Go show you can do it. Correct. Absolutely. Let's see it. So. That's, that's, that's what I want to say. I want to see the young guys, rookies. I want to see them get a ton of play. I want to see them get a bunch of snaps. I want to see them ready to just actually be contributors next year. So. Yeah. That's, that should do it. Um, yeah. This was a, um, we would, we would love to do a regular pregame show, but with all the injury news and then the entire wide receiver room got COVID. So there really wasn't much to discuss except for the news and COVID. Um, but for everyone else out there, we, we're going to continue the conversation on Twitter. Um, you guys know what to do. Follow us on Twitter at Javier Vague underscore. Follow my guy, Matt here at Matt Bar underscore. Don't forget, make sure you're listening for our barbecue sauce reviews. Cause I am super Super excited to get some of Big Dave's bar- barbecue sauce. They just changed the label to have DJ Jones on there, and they're opening up their online store because they're trying to get go- get back going after COVID. So, yep, let's help them out. Some stuff. I, I can't. I can't wait to uh, get it on. They requested that we get some uh, get some word out for the Forty Nineers faithful yeah, to be on the lookout for, sure. for Big Dave's All American Barbecue. Yeah, we got to do that. Help out DJ Jones and his family. Um, you know, and plus, who doesn't like good barbecue? I love right, good barbecue. It. Yeah, that's it. Um, but as always, check out everything at Pro Football Network at ProFootballNetwork.com and then at PFN365. Follow the podcast at Fourth and Gold Podcast on Twitter. Um, and then, of course, the AIU hoodies are still available. Um, again, the proceeds are going to the California Wildfire Relief Fund. Um, we want to make sure we're giving back to the community that you know listens to us primarily. We 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 I look at the numbers. I see, I see you, California. Do your thing. Um, and then everyone else out there, hopefully you voted and, you know, you are being respectful of others. And let's get through this as the world kind of burns on Twitter from that point of view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but uh, we'll all get through this. And as 49ers fans, we've been through worse. So at least the team is competitive with, you know, backups and those backups, backups. So yeah. shout out to Kyle Shanahan for doing a hell of a job, at least keeping this team competitive with all this shit. Um, but until... Thursday night or till tomorrow night or yeah, you'll hear us again after the, the Niners Packers game, quick turnaround for us. Um, but until then go Niners, everyone stay safe. Peace. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? 
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.